the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. It happens to be March 29th. 2021, for those of you who are living uh, in this contemporary world, I know sometimes I know you wish you could kind of go back, kind of get in a time machine and go backwards to better days, or I don't know, maybe you are thinking that the future is better. Uh, In any event, you kind of want to get out of this bubble, out of this matrix, out of this dimension of life, because it's so, so bizarre. Again, I want to welcome you to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistet. If you heard that commercial that just uh, preceded our show, graduations based upon people's sexual preference, based upon gender or based upon ethnicity. Now, I know the vast majority of the listening audience is aware that we we, we, we understand that something is awry in our culture when we are willing to subdivide to that degree, to have graduations in a university where everyone's going to the same class. Now, it's not like the, uh, the, the gays have their own uh, uh, curriculum and their own classes with their own professors. It's not like the transgender have their own class or the bisexuals or the African-Americans or the Caucasians or the Asians. No, they're all being taught under one roof by one teacher, irregardless of her or his ethnicity. That's not the grounds upon which teachers are to be chosen. It is utterly unscientific, unscientific as well as irrational. But here we are coming up to graduation and certain schools want to now subdivide because they have bought into this mythical postmodern ideology that somehow we are so rampantly dominated by systemic racism that we've got to tear the old ways down and reestablish a new order. And as the person that was doing the reading of that particular article plainly said, We're not going forward. That's not progressiveness. That's not being progressive. That is regression. That's actually worse than Jim Crow and worse than 1619 and worse worse than, if you will, the the racist era uh, during slavery times here in America. It goes back even further. It goes back to the times well, of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and of the Old Testament context into which God had laid down all sorts of prohibitions about this kind of behavior 
as not being healthy, as not being good, as not being uh, a context in which we thrive. It is not good for men and women to think somehow the world should stop because of their sexual preference. It is not good that all of the language, all of the literature, all of the policies, all of the forms of subscription, and they are multitudes, be redesigned to fit this plethora of so-called identity politics. What is this all about? Well, on the one hand, the word of God is very clear. Romans chapter 1 Verse 26 through 28, God has given them up to a strong delusion. That is, he has given them over to a reprobate mind. They're not rational. They're not thoughtful when they behave this way. But on the other hand, not only has God given them up to what they want, because this has been in the makes, you guys, for decades, hundreds of years, quite frankly, but certainly over the last 70, 80, 90 years, starting with um Uh, Very much the feminist movement uh, based upon critical race theory and and the likes. And and many of you who are studying these things, you know that. So we are really simply bearing the fruit of invasion into our educational systems and uh, and distracting our kids from a solid education that would make them competent in fields that are substantially important for our livelihoods, albeit those fields are not. Uh, if you will, subject to this uh, postmodern mythical framework and narrative of how the world should be. We're talking the sciences. We're we're talking fields that require uh, legitimate mathematics, legitimate reasoning skill, legitimate logic, legitimate discipline in the fields in which people are entering. And that has nothing to do with the mythos called postmodern fabrication of narratives out of an attempt to actually take on a position of power and tell people what they should believe. And if they don't believe it, then they should be punished for it. As you are watching occur all across the land when you don't kowtow and just bow down to what they want you to say, how they want you to say it, and more importantly, what they want you not to say. This returns us again to the whole concept of censoring. Censoring, and you can you can tell now when you talk to people, they lower their voice when they start talking to you about their concerns about this social justice movement that's penetrating their schools. They lower their voice when they start talking to you about their concerns about what's going on with these vaccines and what's going on with this whole um, COVID movement. They lower their voice because they don't want to be found to be on the wrong side of the majority narrative. This is exactly what 1984 was about. This is exactly what Aldous Huxley's Brave New World was all about. This is exactly the oppressive nature of a socialist system that basically is threatening you into conformity to what they want. And according to the word of God, This is really what's going on. This is Romans chapter one, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who are holding the truth down in unrighteousness. So, yeah, what you and I see, you and I are seeing taking place here is a uh, is a combination of. Uh, if you will, the flooding of, of humanity with a narrative that is not true. 
Uh, and then on, on top of that, you see at the same time, simultaneously, a suppression of the real facts that can hardly get out and is definitely not going to make its way through the gatekeepers of information and knowledge in the mainstream media. If you don't do your work like your Bible says, labor diligently to find the facts, you won't get them from your mainstream audience. All you'll get from them is a suppression of the truth. And that's sad because no no society can survive where truth is not freely engaged in the context of uh, all sides open for discussion and debate, all sides set forth so men can hear views and, and, and evaluate and determine whether or not what they're hearing is, at least in their own opinions, more correspondingly to reality as they perceive it. But in a world where one narrative has to be the predominant narrative, you are again dealing with a Marxist socialist system. This is exactly what happened in Russia. This is exactly what happened in China. This is exactly what happened under Stalin and them. And it's unfortunate that we're dealing with that in our same uh, days. You're hearing everywhere about people losing their jobs and people being demoted uh, because of this sort of thing. And how can our leaders ever expect for us to actually have any real high regard for their positions in government when not only are they suppressing truth data essential for a reasonably informed person to be able to make a judgment as to what they're going to do, but not only that, they're actually doing the opposite of what they're telling you to do. They'll tell you what you should do, and then they won't do it. I remember talking to you about this about four months ago when several of our politicians got caught without masks. They got caught eating at the table with massive groups of people. They got caught taking airplane flights flights without their masks. Nancy Pelosi got caught without her mask at a uh, hair salon. This This hypocrisy goes on in our government all the time. And I remember asking you the question, do they really believe the stuff they're telling you and forcing you to do? Or is it that they don't believe it and they know that there's nothing really to fear? And and therefore, while they'll tell you to do it because it has a greater goal in terms of control and conditioning your mind, but they themselves have no intention to be operating out of some of the most absurd and ridiculous policies that are not really based upon substantial science. And yet here we are, are we not, still after now almost a year and a few months in a really bizarre way, particularly in California, not so much in many of the other states, they're, they're open, but in California and in New York and in New Jersey and a few others, we're in this weird, weird place And people are in this weird state of mind. That's exactly how they want you to be. When truth doesn't thrive, when debate is not free, when men and women don't have the freedom of choice to make decisions, you are going to increase more insecurity, more division, more suspicion, more fear, more depression. And you can go online. And again, you're not going to get it through your major media But you can go online all around the world. Many women are depressed. They are killing themselves. They are attempting suicide. All sorts of things are uh, are, are occurring as a consequence of these unjust lockdowns. 
And this is by anticipation. Any sociologist knows when you pin people up too long, you're going to create particular kinds of pathologies that are going to come out in extremely negative ways. Not to mention all of the deaths that are going on both in America and in Europe around the vaccines. It's just a fact. And again, you won't hear that in your major media outlets. You're going to have to do your own research, but they're there in multiple witnesses if you want them. Anyhow, this is a Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan. You know how we do it. The number is one 367 The Bible is very clear. If you are my disciples, you're going to continue in my word. And if you continue in my word, then you will know the truth and the truth will continue to set you free. Not the lines are open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We're going to pay some bills. And when we come back, we'll continue on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back. This is uh, the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number to reach me if you want to join and start a conversation or bring a topic up or raise a question is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. The numbers have come in over in Europe. Took a while, but they came in in terms of the impact of the vaccines. And sadly, there was a, a doctor in Poland. It says um, who, uh, t- having taken the experimental COVID uh, vaccine, died days later. He actually videoed his uh, COVID shot. It says that a Polish doctor died just days after taking the experimental COVID injection. The cause of death, we are told, was heart failure. However, what's most ironic is that he recorded a video of his injection while mocking anti-vaxxers. And I'm looking at his face now. He doesn't really look that old. He probably could have had a heart condition, but come on. Uh, How coincidental is that? And how sad is it, too, that he would have mocked people who are extremely concerned about the contents of the vaccine? And then even worse, a day later, he is dead. There are all kinds of reports of this sort in terms of people dying. Physicians uh, are, are getting sick. A 28-year-old physical therapist working at a senior living facility dies two days after submitting to experimental COVID medical device injection. I was just trying to find out where that is. I think that's in the States here. Um, but yeah, there are um, a lot. Oh, yeah. Her name is Haley Link Brinkmeyer. She died January 21st after she received the mRNA shot believed to be either the Pfizer biotech or the Moderna vaccine, according to the covid blog. Yes, this was from America. And so, yeah, um, sadly, you've got a lot of this going on and um Uh, And you won't hear about it again, because as I stated, this is not the kind of news that people want to tell you. But what you must know is factually, um, Europe has to date, uh, just over a few months, 3,964 dead and 162,610 injured from adverse drug reactions for COVID-19. You can uh, read this in what is called the human uh, humans are free uh, uh, web thread. Thousands of Europeans have been injured and have died from the COVID vaccine. This is what they are saying. And I don't know if you know 
uh, somewhere around 20% of your physicians and nurses and doctors have ended up quitting because they just couldn't take what they've seen over the last year and what they're being made to do in relationship to these vaccines. So a lot of people in the medical field are just not going to go for what's taking place. And, uh, That means you're going to end up having a shortage of nurses and a shortage of doctors because their their job, according to the Hippocratic Oath, was to do no harm. And I totally get it. Their conscience is bothering them and they don't want to actually go any further with this approach because it's a new thing and it's not as ethical and moral as it should be. They have methods by which they can actually make these things safe and effective but not at the expense of tens of thousands of people dying as we are coming to discover. But again, you won't hear any of this in your major media outlets because they are suppressing the truth in unrighteousness because they are compelling you to get into that line. And there's so many other things about it that you really do need to know. So it would be a lie to say that these vaccines are safe and effective and that no one's being harmed. That would be utterly untrue. So they actually put a spin on what it means to be safe and what it means to be effective. And of course, that's what you do when you're double tongue. You say one thing, but you mean another. That's called an aphorism. And that's what's going on here. So let me go to to the lines because they are filling up. I'm going to talk to Lee. I'm sorry, D in San Jose. D, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Pastor yes. Jesse. How are you? Yeah, What's your I, question? Um, well, I hope I'm okay. First Madonna and the booster. And um, just, I don't know, less than two weeks ago, I heard somebody on TV talking about, quote, fabricated, quote, spike protein transfaction floats in your immune system and can be causing autoimmune disease over the next 20 years. Um. So you are just now hearing about these kind of analyses that are consistent across the board with all of the doctors who are concerned about the not only the the uh, the methodology of the vaccine, but the contents of the vaccine. That's another thing. This is why I believe that the lawsuits that are going forth right now in Europe, in uh, Israel, as well as in Italy and in Rome and here in the United States, they're suing our government for um for not properly informing the people of the risks that they have uh, with taking these vaccines. This is, this, is, this is a serious battle that's going on from state to state right now. They should have let people know that there are risks. They also should let people know what the contents of the vaccines are and what are in them. And if you were to do your research, you would have discovered that. But let me ask you a question, D. Uh, when you went to take the vaccines, were you informed as to what the vaccine could or could not do? No, they just, uh, if you have a pre-existing or age, and I have both of those, uh, they have you, if you don't, they have you sit for 15 minutes to see if there's any side effects in 15 minutes. And if you do have pre-existing, then they have you sit for a half hour to see if anything pops up. Now, most people, they did say after that most people have a reaction um, after the second, after the booster. But I did have a friend, ballpark my age, um, who had uh, severe nausea after the first one. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have any bad reactions after um, either of them, but that's not why I called today. <laughs> okay, what's what's your thoughts? What what do you need? Yeah, ma- um, macroevolution versus mutated cells, and I was hoping you or someone who is a scientist and also knows uh, I'm I'm positive you know about uh, apologetics, defending the faith, um, but. Uh, Heard somewhere that I'm hearing beeps. I don't know why. Um, yeah. um, mutated cells have less info than original cells, so it seems to me if you have this little smudge on an electron microscope and then you keep going, you know, nothing plus time equals nothing, uh, and eventually you have a human being man. Wouldn't that go against? Are, are you pressing any buttons, or is your producer pressing any buttons? No, nope, that's not, not us. Any buttons and I'm, nope. on my phone, I'm hearing beep beep like somebody's dialing. Yep, not me. That's, I don't hear okay. that. Okay, okay, yeah, I am. Okay. Um, okay. So, had you heard that mutated cells have less info than original cells? So you well, couldn't have whoever man's predecessor be produce a man. You can't have pre-man produce man. Uh, your thoughts? Well, there's a lot going on there with all of those questions that you're dealing with. And yeah, you would want to actually um, have a conversation at length with a, uh, uh, a microbiologist or an evolutionary biologist. There's some very good, very good uh, uh, evolutionary biologists who have a strong uh a strong understanding of of genetics and their history and and mutations and and things of that nature. That's just one category. Then you were talking about mutation of genes. Well, that is evolutionary. That is biological uh, evolutionary biology. That's just what happens as we continue to live in our world and exist in our world. And it's going to be uh, on a on a micro level, depending on the species, and then on a on a macro level uh, as well, depending on the on the species, we we are all, we are all on, on some level and on some degree uh, morphing. We see that in each species as they are in different places in the world at different times, what have you. So that that um, that that those. Um, variations in in the uh, species are allowable. That's God ordained that in order for us to survive our habitats, in order for us to exist in particular conditions. So that that in and of itself is is not really problematic, and it wouldn't even be contrary to a, a scriptural truth. Uh, but your concern was with what? Are you talking about worrying about well, uh, have, gene therapy have- and? I have two nephews that were raised in the church, and now uh, even the younger one who's emulating the older one, they're, uh, I think, 30 and 35 or 6, something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, now they're saying there is no proof that there's God, but, you know, there's plenty of science scientists that uh, are reputable who can uh, back up Jesus. Oh, yeah, that... Okay, so... What they're doing is just 
begging the question relative to that. Because it's been a trend for a long time of people falling away from the faith, D, uh, because they are operating out of a, out of a pure empiricist interpretation of life. That's not, that's not a problem at all. They really do need to... Um, go deeper into their uh, their opinion about apologetics, particularly in the area of evidentialism, uh, determining the correlating factors between an unseen God and a world that reflects his glory. Um, I, I don't I don't think that that would be hard at all for them to uh, to discover that their premise for saying that there is no God is based upon uh, any kind of scientific evidence that that's going to actually get them into some trouble because they're going to be operating really out of a faith principle to say that there is no God. If they want to be humble about it, what they should say is for them individually, personally, subjectively, it doesn't appear that there's enough evidence for them to conclude that there is a God. That would be more honest. Very highly intellectual uh, scientists and naturalists and empiricists uh, and biologists would make that kind of argument because they don't know the mysteries of life and they would admit that. So your your nephews or what have you, they are simply struggling with right now a crisis of faith and if they continue doing the research uh they can they can find uh biblical scientists like you stated they're very good biblical scientists out there who can argue these things uh pray for your nephews that this crisis would drive them to god because it's not a bad thing that they are trying to find answers where they couldn't get it in church this is not a bad thing it's not a bad thing but pray that god would lead them in the right direction to find the right uh educational tools that can build a bridge between science and faith because it's been done for a long time listen i gotta take a break went way overdue with you thank you very much for the call uh you're listening to the monday edition of lifeline we're going to take a break pay some bills and then we'll be right back and now back to lifeline and we are back let's go to line number two and talk with jermaine in alameda jermaine are you there Oh, yes, I'm here. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, you know, I, um, I heard you mention the uh, deaths related to the COVID vaccine. And, and uh, Newsweek had an article from, from March 8th that actually spelled some of that out. I think you should check out. And they um, they seem to try and debunk some of it by fact-checking, but they basically admit in the article that it was uh, mostly true, that people have indeed passed away as a result of some of these vaccines. And I know not everybody, but enough people to cause me concern. And I know we had uh, Hank Aaron and Marvin Hagler pass away after getting the vaccines as well. And and I hear Bill Gates saying that we might need a third shot now because of of the mutations. But yeah, I, I at this point I don't trust any of those people. My my question would be, at what step what steps do we take if they start requiring say churches to to have vaccination proof before attending service? Would it be right to just refuse that and go on and keep worshiping the Lord? Oh, yeah. And and that's an extreme position right there. That's going to be a battle coming directly at the church. Uh, they that would be that would make it to the Supreme Court, Jermaine, and be a hot topic. I, I would suspect that the government wouldn't be as crass as thinking that it has the ability to determine 
the shape of the worship service by how many people take the vaccine. That hasn't happened anywhere in the world yet that I know of. Um, it's not that it couldn't because you got these Lilliputians, these little demigods in the states, your governors and uh, and your and your uh, congressmen who are more than willing to wield the sword of a socialist Marxist uh, oppressive totalitarian authority over people. And they're doing that. But there are people all over the nation all over the world pushing back. Again, that's why my opening narrative was really about uh, suppression of the truth, as Romans 1.18 puts it, because the enemy knows, and even the left, who are dominantly uh, uh, pro-vaccine and pro-totalitarian, they know if people get a whiff of what's really going on around the world in terms of the protests, that game is over. The game is over. The people that are succumbing to this are people who are either just fundamentally naive and they don't do a lot of research on their own. So, you know, they they go out and do whatever the government says under a kind of goodwill submission, even though the history of our government does not merit any sound, reasonable citizen to trust them particularly when it comes to injecting something into their arms. It's just way too much history of the atrocity of our governments doing experiments, telling us one thing, and it's actually being something else. I could just name a list of things, uh, even going back to the polio vaccines. But the point is, is that uh, as long as they can suppress the data and keep pushing the narrative that the vaccines are safe and good, they're actually doing, they're actually pushing this now down to the children. See, so what's going to happen in a moment is people are going to get this eerie feeling that they were taken for a ride because they're wanting to do it with children six months old, five years old, up to 11 and 12 years old. They want to push it now that everybody gets it. And, and of course, Jermaine, be sure to know uh, right now in America, only 20% of Americans across the nation have taken it. 50, let's see here, 50% of uh, Californians have jumped into those lines and been plugged with this stuff. There's no doubt about it. But there's still 50% that have not. There's going to be a substantial division between people who want to take it for whatever reasons they do and people who will not take it. The big pharma, CDC, FDA, they have always known this, that people around the world, not just Americans, are not up for just being jugged in the arm with some contents that they don't even know what's in those contents, not explained not carefully let know what the long-term effects are, what the short-term effects are, what the liabilities are. This kind of uh, 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 failure to disclose the truth really is the reason why there are massive lawsuits going on around the world. So here's how I would kind of uh, look at this, because that's why I'm doing very careful analysis myself of what's happening in different countries. When you when you know that there are people pushing back, when you know you've got lawyers uh, fighting, uh, raising lawsuits and, and taking uh, governments and, 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 and states to court, when you know you've got minimally 20 percent of the physicians and nurses and, and doctors who are opposing this, you, you got a pretty good you got a pretty good reaction that is uh, stalemating the movement of Big Pharma and Bill Gates and Fauci because they're all in cahoots with this. Uh, you got a pretty big pushback. So before 
uh, any like I would think complete total control. This is what the communists call normalization when they fully get you under their wing where you can't do anything but what they say or you're going to die. And We're not there yet. But uh, people who come from Russia, who come from China, who come from, uh, you know, uh, Central America, they all have plainly stated. I've got some lovely members in our church who came up out of, uh, you know, Hitler's, uh, you know, whole devastation and Holocaust. They came out of it and they're sitting there telling me they see exactly the same things happening here uh, in, in, in America that was happening under Hitler and, and the incrementalism, the propaganda, the fear the submission of people to uh, policies uh, without question, without challenge. Um, but please know that uh, some of this stuff is going to leak out in a minute because, I, you know what, I would love to raise the question uh, to all of your, particularly all of your, your uh, media talk show hosts. I'd love to raise the question, did they take the vaccine? I'd love to find out if every senator in Congress actually took these vaccines. I'd love to find out. All these people that are promoting them. Did they take the vaccine? The CEO of Pfizer, he took the first shot, said, I'm not taking the second one. Why? Because he started seeing the outcome of what occurred. And this is happening everywhere. So, you know, I think what we have to do is kind of be cool. Uh, be clear, stay up on the information, stay up on the data. And by the way, just like Google and Facebook and Twitter have basically shaped the narrative for everything else, they do the same thing with fact checking now. They, you can fact check and make a lie the truth. And I know you already know that. So uh, when they talk about fact checking, that that basically means nothing if all the data is not on the table for a legitimate analysis as to whether or not they fact checked without prejudice. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of encouraged. This is going to be a big battle being fought for a long time because people are careless about doing, you know, doing the research and knowing for themselves all of the arguments. But um, just keep keep praying and keep being prudent and keep keep discerning and uh, don't ever do anything uh, uh, apart from a faith that's rooted in a knowledge of why we're doing it. You got anything else to say? Got to got to take a break. Well, yeah, well, I'm just as a result of the uh, lockdowns, my mother, who was heavily Pentecostal, uh, she found herself at grace yesterday. And uh, but else to me, some I thought I'd never see. I'm thankful for the lockdowns because she enjoyed herself and she wants to come back. And now many of her church members who haven't been in church in a year want to come to grace. So, well, yeah, ain't no doubt about that. And this is the thing I call this optimistic. Uh, this is the optimistic contingency. Wherever the enemy is trying to do evil, God always does good. I, I really appreciate what you said there because I see that happening at Grace too. We got all kind of newer people coming in from different places because their churches are buying into the Gestapo and their mandate. But I'm thankful. I'm very thankful that God is taking this evil and turning it to good. So, and I'm glad for your relatives too because they get a chance to hear hear the gospel, man. I know you're uh, at way away you know, taking care of your family. But brother, uh, we're praying for you and we look forward to seeing you back on this side soon. All right. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate All it. Right. Blessings. Got to take a break, pay some bills. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back to time 553. Let's quickly go to the phone lines. Let's go to line number three and deal with Bob in Redland. Bob in Redland, are you there? 
Hi, Pastor Jesse. This is actually Sean in Redlands, I think. Yes. Uh, hey, Sean. How are you doing? I, I thought so. I was about to say, OK, we got another brother up there in Redland. I'm going to have to let Sean know that there's a Bob up there. Anyhow, what's going on there? I know. Huh? I know. How are you doing? Yeah, good. No, Long time no here. What you been up to? Oh, you know, just working, taking care of the family, taking it one day at a time. OK. OK. What's your thoughts, man? Um, I had a I had a thought. It's kind of off the topic. I know we've uh, been talking about sure. vaccines and everything, sure, but no, no, um, no. I was listening to I was listening to your sermon. I believe it was uh, one of the weeknight sermons where you mentioned one of the parables about. Um, and and you mentioned that you said something about a parable, the parable being a meta narrative, and and I had never I had never heard that used for a parable before, and it was really helpful, and. Um, I, w- I was working through a parable lately, and um, I wanted to get your take on what I believe the Lord was showing me about a certain parable in a meta-narrative kind of way. Okay, so when we talk about meta-narrative, we're actually talking about the, an overarching narrative or a foundational narrative that frames a, a theological uh a set of theological assumptions. So I'll, I'll give you one big meta narrative uh, parable, and that would be the parable of the sword, the seed. Another one would be right. the parable of the ten virgins, because they encompass the whole scope of the kingdom of God. So you know, Christ will give micro narratives uh, uh, that that he would employ, such as uh, old wineskins. Uh, put you put old, new wine in old wineskins, and no burst. You got to put new wine in new wineskins, and that's actually as an addendum to an admission of of, uh, of the marriage feast. I'm dealing with that right now, but he he uses smaller. Uh, parabolic and uh, uh, similes to teach, you know, kind of uh, narrow, narrow truths, but larger redemptive truths that actually encompasses three or four categories of uh, of our salvation scheme will be in your larger meta narratives that's going to actually cover the whole uh, scope of salvation. So, so tell me which one you're looking at right now. So, that. I was looking at this a while back, and then recently, as I'm still working through Genesis, um, I've been thinking about it lately. It's Matthew thirteen thirty three, sure. uh, which says, right, comes right after the mustard seed parable. Where, um, but Matthew thirteen thirty three says that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman yeah. took and hid in three measures until it was yeah. fully leavened. Yeah. And um, I've shared this with a few people, and it's always been received well. And um, but I really respect your ministry, the teaching. Um, and I wanted to see what you thought of what I what I think I'm seeing in that parable. Sure. So um, when the Lord says the kingdom of heaven is like this leaven that a woman took in three measures until it was fully leavened, the meta narrative I believe going on there is tied to Genesis 18, where the three men or angels came to law, came to Abraham and they, and he worshiped them and he told Sarah to make them cakes. And she, she took three measures of fine flour or meal and kneaded it and made them cakes. And then they ate. And then that's when God gave Abraham the Abrahamic promise, the covenant that his seed will be the blessing of all the nations and and of the seashore, the whole Abrahamic covenant, which we know the promised seed is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the amazing thing about how that links up with the parable 
in Matthew 13, 33, is the three measures, the specific three measures of fine flour that the woman fully leavens. When you look at the genealogy in the book of Matthew, different than the genealogy in the book of Luke, which starts with Adam, the genealogy in the book of Matthew starts with Abraham. And you have... Abraham to David, which is 14 generations, David to the captivity, which is 14 generations, and then the captivity to the birth of Christ, which is 14 generations. So when you correlate all three of those passages of Scripture together, the three measures that the woman is leavening are those three measures of 14 generations each that full up the fullness of time between Abraham and the birth of Christ. And the leaven that she is filling, the dough, the fine flour, the leavening of the Lord Jesus Christ hidden in the text of Scripture all through his prophets, all the way up to the birth of Christ. And then when he comes forth, after having been baptized, he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe. And so the idea is those three measures of 14 generations from Abraham to Christ is the is the is the flower being leavened with Christ, and in the fullness of time he comes forth, and he's the bread of life that is eaten, and and it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing, and and the three men that are eating those uh, those cakes that Abraham and Sarah prepared for them is the idea of the Trinity um, being satisfied with the food that Christ has accomplished in this finished work, which is the work of the triune God in the fullness of time, completing redemptive history in his son. And, and, and now the church, now we, we eat of the bread of life of Christ's finished work, just like Christ said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. So those three men are in a sense eating the will of God, which is the redemptive plan of Christ hidden throughout the book. I know I said a lot, but that's right. Kind of so I, I, I would agree with you on on your fundamental premise that there's a correlation between uh, the action of Sarah in Genesis 18 in relationship to the woman in the parable of Matthew 13. There's a direct correlation. So I'm going I'm to make a couple of comments and then I'm going to let you go back to do some more work because okay. you got to reframe.